1: Hello, welcome back to the Boot Podcast. My name is Dan So I'm joined once again by John Townley for another feature podcast episode. And for the first time ever, I think, we've got props.
2: We've got props.
1: Look at this. I've done some prep. I've done some actual work into a podcast. Today's episode is going to be picking the best Aston Villa 11 in the Premier League era. Now, we have to get the disclaimer out of the way early doors. You're about 15. I'm, in, <laughs> I'm late 20s. My first era is the Martin O'Neill era. Um, yours is probably that slightly later to to be watching properly and understanding it you know I'm not talking about games as a kid I would have seen people like Angel and people like that but as a child I'm talking about players we properly remember so if we're talking extensively about Gabby Abonlehorse there'll be people going what about Dean Saunders what about Daley Atkinson so to counteract that Every so often, Matt Kendrick's going to pop up out of nowhere, and when we're struggling for content, his bald head will pop up on screen, and he'll talk us through players from the 90s onwards, where we're struggling a little bit for info. If you're watching this and disagree with anything, or you agree, the comment section is the place for debate. If you've got an 11, write it down below, and we'll flick through them, because there'll probably be some that are better than ours. We've got these props in front of us, like I said. We've even got a second camera angle, which the -the behind-the-scenes shot, we'll have to get something of that. It's an iPhone taped to the ceiling, so... R.O.P. your phone if it falls off. So let's put these in some kind of proper order and then we'll go through position by position. So we've got goalkeepers, fullbacks, central defenders, midfielders, creative players and strikers here in front of us. People will have various opinions about whether players in this 28 should even be in there before we get into the 11 we pick. People will be saying, what about this player? What about that? Again, comment section is a place for that. So let's swipe these out of the way. So, we've got three goalkeepers here in front of us for selection. And I'm hoping this will be, for our second camera, okay. So, we've got Emi Martinez, Mark Bosnich and Brad Friedel. Friedel was, the, again, first keeper proper, remember, as being he's the yeah. number one. Bosnich, before my time, but obviously cup winner with us. People, most people watching this will probably regard him as our best goalkeeper yeah. ever. Martinez, currently goalkeeper, been here since 2020, voted the best goalkeeper in the world, World Cup winner approaching clean sheet records etc etc if you had to pick one of these three slide them forward
2: I'm going with Emi Martinez and that's potentially bias because again the age um, but I think I would have gone with Bosnich if, if Martinez hadn't sort of like won the World Cup or something like that it's nothing to do with Villa but I just think in years to come or actually no I'll take it back and say years previously if you told us or if you told Villa fans oh by the way you're going to have a a World Cup winning goalkeeper. He, he wasn't just a World Cup winning goalkeeper. Like if Argentina had Sergio Romero in goal, and he was like, well, you are a World Cup winner, but really, Martínez has won the Copa America. The, I don't know, again, this isn't Villa, but it's the goalkeeper. But he's done it's that the, since coming ex- to Villa and improved exactly. as a player. Yeah. Uh, he's won the Copa America saving penalties, you killing know, sheets, um, won the World Cup, doing the same thing. The best player or one of the best players ever, uh, it's either him or Maradona, uh, Leonel Messi literally says he's like the best, one of the best keepers in the world. So I think it's very difficult for me not to say Martinez, basically. And for Villa, obviously, he's a very well too. Um, yeah. But he's voted as one of the best goalkeepers in the world. It's very hard to sort of. I, I've never watched Bosnich, and I'm probably saying, saying that a lot about players, but <laughs> I completely understand why most fans or a lot of fans of an era would say that it's Bosnich, because mm. I'm aware. But I just think everything that Martinez has done, I know it's only been a few years, but can't really cause an argument um, for the for the others because of what Martinez has done
1: yeah I think everything you said is fair out of these three Bosnich is the only one to win silverware with us for some people that will elevate him to he's achieved something with Villa so that, that puts him in a certain status for me I'd say Martinez is in my side as well I know Matt's peak is Bosnich, so this is our first kind of interlude from the, the Matt Kendrick claxon or whatever we're going to put in here of him saying, oh lad, you're waffling, let me jump in here. He'll pick Bosnich, so let's go over to Matt and then get some thoughts on Mark Bosnich from him.
0: Yeah, he, he's the, one, he's the guy, kind of guy who epitomises the, you know, you don't have to be mad to be a goalkeeper, but it helps kind of thing. He was just a, a real kind of crazy mad Aussie youngster when he arrived. Arguably Aston Villa's greatest, um, the the greatest goalkeeper of Villa's Premier League era. He was just so agile, so brave, he got a knack of saving penalties, you know he carried himself with that kind of Australian swagger as well. In terms of best Premier League 11, I'd have him just about edging out the current man just on the basis that he's been able to sustain it over several years at Aston Villa. Um, A trophy winner to boot uh, and at a time where Villa were competing regularly um, in the way that we hope they start to do again thanks for
1: that Matt but that's irrelevant I'm going to get rid of both of these <laughs> Martinez is my pick for goalkeeper and we might have to adjust the uh, the second camera for this at some point but we'll put Martinez up there in goal and this is probably where we're going to have our first back and forth debate here <laughs> full <Fullbacks. laughs> now as we were going through the prints of these, you were going, Who's he? Who's he? So that's <laughs> no, great... You didn't
2: have to do that to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Greatest start. Uh, but, uh I printed out this one, I was like, oh, I need to put the names on it's the right. back or something. So out then. So these are right backs and left backs. And now when we were talking about how we're gonna pick this, first of all we said what formation? I've gone with like a four four two, four four one kind of that kind of vibe. Yeah, four at the back at least. We
2: did so, to be fair, like um when we were planning it we should probably do the same formation and whatnot, but uh thousand it doesn't turn out like that Uh, so I think
1: I think four at the back you've gone three at the back which disregards every player here so we've got Gary Charles uh, I'll come to that in a bit Gary Charles Mark Delaney Steve Staunton Alan Wright and Ashley Young who like you said can play both sides but I feel like Ashley Young's known for being a a wide forward so he shouldn't really be in this but he he might be in my team at left back to be honest it's difficult because I feel like you've also got a player in Olaf Melberg who I think yep. is probably a right-back pick is a bit of a cheat option.
2: But This is this w- this is our team. It's not a... Uh, he didn't play right... He, if you wanted yes. to, you could put um, Martin Larson and hold midfield and win headers and you, you would probably get um, bottom off the table. <laughs> but like, you did, but the premise is that this is a completely unique team. It doesn't have to yeah, be on.
1: I agree, but I think you're right in saying three at the back in some aspects because this team falls apart at full-back for yeah, me because right. there's no kind of outstanding choice in either department.
2: Yeah, I don't want to say falls like apart. Again, I'm say i'm not particularly aware of the uh, eras um, i haven't watched any of these players so I, i'm probably not the best person to comment however i don't think i'm too um negative to say that. i don't think villa have had a particularly at least a pairing i think we've had some good left backs but right backs particularly i'm not sh- i'm not sure we've ever really had a, a top right back that we could um that we could s- that i would select and when i was doing my team i thought well if i put a right back in then i can't have I don't know, maybe naturally younger, or was It affected the team going forward. So yeah. I have my reasons for going for through at the back, but the general point of right backs, I think it is difficult, and that's why Melbourne, who is a centre back, yeah. really. Is, um sort of coined the conversation.
0: Mark Delaney, um, typical um, low, lower league player, made good, arrived at Villa under John Gregory, signed from Cardiff, and brought that kind of spirit, competitive spirit and tenacity with him. Love the fact that he ended up becoming the son-in-law of Jim Walker, who tells a great story of when he knocked on his door to take his daughter out for the first time in a very sheepish way. Pardon the pun, that wasn't a Welsh-related thing. He'd be up there, he really would, because he, there's a real kind of dedicated long servant for the club and went on to, to to play a big part in the academy as well but he wouldn't quite get my vote as Villa's top Premier League right back
1: if I'm picking my team I, we're going to have to be flexible with how we lay this out because it's going to chop and change I'll be having Melberg right back it's going to be like a magic trick isn't it yeah we'll just have to edit it around won't we I think I've gone young left back it's a bit of a cop out because like I said before he's known for being a winger, that's where the best of his time Aston Villa came from, prime Ashley Young unplayable uh, on his day for Villa and in a time where Villa were good as well, getting top six finishes to put him at left back, he's shoehorning him a little bit and people will be screaming out like Alan Wright, Steve Staunton, actual left back to play there for (laughs) Villa (laughs) I didn't watch them, it's before my time so again, it's one for Kendrick to jump in on because he will have picked probably three (laughs) of the players that we've not picked here.
0: The left back one's an interesting one, um Listen, I won't keep you in suspense. Steve Staunton gets it for me as a as a fellow Southpaw. I do uh, I do appreciate a cultured wand of a left foot, and he could he could caress the ball, he could smash the ball, uh, and that was only what he could do going forwards. Defensively, there weren't weren't too many people who got the better of him. Um, you know, probably not the, the the fastest fastest fallback in the world, but he played at such a high level um, for Liverpool and for, for Aston Villa that. He knew where he should be. Um, he was. He was excellent. So he'd, he'd be my vote, uh, narrowly edging out um, this little man who've got a photograph of here. Alan Wright. He'd got the the, the engine to get up and down the, the field to play that that wing back role. Back at a time when it probably wasn't that fashionable. Probably probably. Defenders were expected to defend um, rather to bomb forward as well. His size was was never really an issue. Fortunately, the, the, the managers that he played under tended to surround him with, with tall enough centre-halves and fellow defenders that he wasn't caught out in the air too much. But um, a quality player who, again, be might not make the first 11, but would certainly be on the substitutes bench and bubbling under.
2: I'll just put mine forward straight away. So if we take these down, God. Mm. Uh, Martin Larson's one of my first sort of memories of watching Aston Villa would be the ball coming out of the sky and him heading it like a volley, mm. so he isn't there. I was close to saying Eheogh, but I'm going with Melberg again just because 232 appearances in the Premier League, I think he's probably quite underrated amongst...
1: Have you just uh, pulled that number out of your, out of your head, 232? Two,
2: two. I do research mate. I'd say underrated amongst maybe other fans, I think Villa is, he was rated of course, mm. but and in terms of my formation, my silly formation, that I'm going with. Obviously, that's a right back that can kind of play on the right hand side. So McGraw and Larson could play sort of either side there. Um,
1: my, Larson was left footed, wasn't it? Was he? I think so. I thought I you did, research. I thought I did my research. That looks good, to me. It does look good. Again, kind of the caveat that we said: we almost kind of be talking about players that we've watched. Never seen McGraw play live. For Aston Villa, well before my time, well before yours. But the best Aston Villa player from what I've heard from many people. App absolutely has to be in there whether it's a you know a back two or a back three, however you're playing it. He has to be in
0: there. Again, Matt will tell us more about how good he was. This is the reason that I'm on this podcast so I can educate the uh, the young whippersnappers alongside me who haven't had the pleasure of seeing Paul McGrath play and yet still choose to support Aston Villa. Bizarre really. Masterful, uh, mercurial flawed genius was capable of putting his body through situations that probably defied, defied modern medicine um, and we know he had his personal demon, demons with, with alcohol as well but didn't stop him being a truly fantastic player. PFA Player of the Year in 1993. Um, you won't see too many centre-arms winning that award but that's a testament to to the quality of the guy uh, and when people say he's the greatest, greatest Aston Villa player um, to ever walk the earth if that's the case he definitely needs to get into our Premier League 11 on Cloud and Blue podcast doesn't he so who are Paul McGrath your place in Aston Villa folklore is assured forevermore
1: from now on then we're going to build out your 11 so we don't keep messing around three at the back and yeah, stuff ago. Well, we that makes more sense you've done
2: your right? fullbacks haven't you so Schly.
1: let's build out your team so I've got midfielders for you here Okay, central midfield players Pick away.
2: Gareth Barry, Thomas Itzelsberger, Ian Taylor, Stan Petrov, James Milner and Andy Townsend. The first one that I'm going to pick up straight away um, would be Gareth Barry, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily in order, but in terms of, I'm, I'm playing a two in midfield, so I'm going to have Barry on, on the left.
1: Premier Keep League, nice Premier League record appearance maker. Uh, yeah. yeah, consistent, Mr. Consistent.
2: Captain, we all know. I love all of these players. Originally, I had... You're
1: not changing your mind, I have. I've done these printouts specifically. <laughs>
2: I had Petrov over Tiles, but I am flip-flopping. I, I'm going to s- stick with what I had and I'll say Petrov. Again, I didn't have the um, I suppose, the fortune to watch uh, Ian Taylor because of my age, but Same. I'm obviously aware of um, his talent and what he gave to the club. I've only gone with Petrov just because I know what he brought. And again, in the formation that I'm playing and stuff like that, I think he'd work well. Uh, obviously played with Barry. He played with Barry, of course he did, yeah. mm-hmm. Um So that's my... Midfield pairing, but I'm absolutely open to the suggestion of Ian Taylor coming in and like Thomas Hitzelsberger as well. Probably not going to make my 11, but yeah some Excellent of these players player. have,
1: like I said we've got 28 some of these are subs or honourable mentions I don't yes. think there's any I don't think any fan would would suggest someone like Hitzelsberger, no disrespect to him it's just the first one yeah. i picked up would make it straight into a yeah, starting 11 just... but he's wor- he's a worthy player to talk about played a lot of games scored some great goals as well of course Andy Townsend in there again for different reasons before our time but the last captain to win a trophy with Villa again puts him on a kind of pedestal of why he should be involved in the
0: conversation it's only with the, the, the passage of time and Occasionally digging out some of the the highlights from 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 years gone by, that you realise how good we had it for so long, uh, well, say for so long for for a big chunk of the the 1990s anyway. The fact that Andy Townsend remains the last person to lift the trophy lift the trophy of Villa all these years on is a is a crying shame. But what a guy! Um, what a guy to have had that achievement. You know, I remember once I can't remember what game it was, but probably the day that I realised I was never going to become a professional footballer, and Andy Townsend gave me that realisation because a ball dropped out of the sky, like it was like a kind of meteorite falling from the sky, and he just and he was tight against the touchline, and somebody up against him, and he just pulled it out the, pulled it out of the sky straight on his foot, and I thought. That's the difference, Matt. That would have bounced off your shins or bounced off your elbows or something. Uh, but no, he's a, he a quality player and, and a good leader. I think he, for Brian Little, I think he was the man who helped to deliver what you know, almost the manager's message, what you'd want from a captain. Uh, so yeah, again, not quite in the in the, in the first eleven, but, but bubbling under.
1: I agree with Barry, hundred percent. For me, like I said, not watched the entire live in the flesh, but heard so many good things about him. Villa legend, you know, Villa fan. Loads and loads of good things about Tails. I like Petrov. I can't have him in a best 11, unfortunately. That's fair so I'd So I'd be getting rid of him for Tails.
2: I'm not going to be argumentative about that one. I think I've almost warmed to that idea. I,
0: yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all, swapping those two. Living the dream. You know, uh, epitomising what, what we'd, all, we'd all love to do. Um, the Villa player who actually went on to become a whole-time darling and remained unaffected, remained humble. Brilliant, humorous—you know, friend of the show. Um, without boring you too much about my career, he was one of the first players I, I interviewed for a magazine called Total Football back in the day. And he invited me; to, I was allowed to go around his house and uh, offered me a drink, thinking I was going to get some Cristal champagne. But he's such a such a man of the people that he gave me a can of Skull, and I've not stopped reminding him ever since. But in terms of a footballer, energy to burn, legs that were leg, legs as tall as the old Holten floodlights, uh, and just a real kind of quality work ethic humility that that gets him in there gets him in there not just because he's one of our own but because he's a fantastic player for Aston Villa
1: and Milner would be in it in the midfield for me as well but I'd be having a four across the midfield with possibly Ashley Young on the left but I've, I can't think i have Ashley Young left back so I don't think <laughs> so I've got a four at the back Young Larson McGrath Melberg Milner off the right Tails and Barry left foot right foot captain material Grealish off the left um, yeah
2: it's interesting that you mentioned captain, captain captain Ashley Young cap, club captain right now Larson captain Paul McGraw captain Emry Martina captain Elbe
1: was captain at times Melbourne as captain. well yeah I mean these players are in here for a reason aren't they of course yes. I do feel it's a little bit of a cheat to put Ashley Young at left back um, I had like Wilfred Boomer is what the first left back I properly remember. But yeah. <laughs> again, I you're know, talking at a different standard. So.
2: Boomer, Boomer, Baumer is probably the best left back of our era. era. Yeah, probably after 2000, unless I've missed someone obvious. I don't think I. I don't
1: think so. Like, you got like Alan Wright from the 90s, wherever they are on the table, and, but and post, Steve Staunton. Post 2000. Yeah, I mean they're both playing in shirts. It would be 2000 ish 2001. Honorable mentions. My dad said like what about Sid Cowans? He played, obviously, a legend for Villa. Technically played in the Premier League on a third spell, I think. I think he played like 10 or 11 games. I thought like, bit of a cop-out to put as much of a legend he is to put him in a best Premier League eleven when he played a handful of games in the Premier League at the back end of his career. I, I think
2: that's the point back end of the yeah. career. Like, yeah. The player itself, um, of course. But I don't think he was at the height of his powers in the Premier League, was he? So. Yeah, exactly.
1: I, think, I don't think... Many, if if we're st- if they say if we had to play a four a four at the back formation, I don't think many prove me wrong in the comments. My, of course, my only
2: change would be uh, Ashley on yeah. bringing
1: in the- Yeah. Agreed with that, but I think I don't think many would disagree that that four in the
2: midfield, so midfield yeah. is would be bettered. I, I don't think you can pick anyone else, can you?
1: It's subjective, isn't it? Because people would pick this based on best player or favourite player, or they'd have great memories of Hitzelsberger scoring against Birmingham City or Andy Townsend lifting the trophy in 96 and go, well, he has to be in there because he did this achievement, whereas James Milner finished sixth, so I'm going to have kind of a midfield three and Ash- and Jack Greaves is going to play as a 10 or, or something like that, so... It's obviously subjective, and there'll be loads of different opinions. We're talking about thirty years worth of football here, um, but that as a as a four looks good to me. We had like creative players as a section, which was pretty much Grealish and Merson mm. again. Merson before our time, but Magic Merson. Yeah, Magic Merson,
2: um, I, I, I suppose it, in a way, it's potentially difficult to kind of bring in so many creative players. Um, you can probably fit a way to have Merson in, but then. you possibly going to take away from another. I don't know, does that quite make sense? Yeah, you could have like... In terms of building your team.
1: Yeah, you could have like, Barry, Taylor, Townsend midfield three, yes. Steven Gerrard special with Merson and Grealish as the two tens behind a striker. the Christmas tree classic Yeah, that's how you work
2: it, and I'm, but otherwise it's hard to sort of, uh, yeah, and again it is obviously subjective, everyone has their own opinion, but if you're building an actual team to play someone on Saturday, I suppose yes. you would kind of got to work it somehow.
0: When we signed Merce and I was made up, we, we, almost like a, we'd signed a, a proper bona fide football superstar, albeit one with his own his own issues. Quality, just just sheer quality. Just, I've never seen, again, to me, what you want from your footballers and what you want from your heroes is them to be able to do something that you're not capable of. Now, most people who have ever pulled on a pair of football boots could do something that I'm not capable of. But Merce, the quality with the outside of that right, right boot, I think it's one of the hardest skills Hardest skills to master, and he could just do it for fun. And the goals that he scored, the energy that he played with, the, his mastery of a football, the fact that you know, despite what was going on with his own personal problems, he still got this kind of bubbling personality that, that made you want to root for him. Um, again, probably rose-tinted spectacles and very much of the time, but it was a it was a joy to watch him.
2: James Milner, the midfielder. Oh, hold on, is is now a right wing back all of a sudden? No, Ashley Young, get back in here. some. right, don't laugh. Um, my thinking behind this is I'm I'm cheating here completely. Ashley Young and James Milner, I think for right wing and left wing, mm. I can understand the Jack Grealish argument, but we'll go on to that. Ashley Young, uh, double figures in each of his four seasons at Villa. My first sort of um, like I won't say hero, but my first the first player that I idolised, I suppose, as Villa. Like a. Well, it, was, it was an amazing football, but that's, that's what I based my game off. Like I, as, a, as like a winger as I was, I'd, I'd always look at him and think, oh, I'll go in the garden and whip some balls, and they wouldn't go in the top corner, they'd go over the uh, fence, <laughs> and I'd have to collect them, but he has to be in my team. Yeah. For not just like sort of sentimental reasons, but the way that my team works. All of a sudden, <laughs> these two chaps and fullbacks and sort of full-backs in their late career. Um, 37 and 36, I think it is. <laughs> so what I'm doing here, I am cheating, I'm saying, they're arguably the best wingers Villa have had in the Premier League era, arguably. Um, but I can do a job. Do like as well. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh, we're out of possession, I right, Just tuck into a five because we know you can do it. You, like I'm picking them ten years ago, if you put it that way, going forward. And then I'm going to say to them in the dressing room, by the way, like, in ten years' time, you, you can defend. So um, I am cheating, but if you're if you can take like all everyone's game, then. <laughs> I think that's a that's a bit of a cheat code. That you, yeah. honestly, because you got that, that is solid. Midfield too, cool. And then your fullbacks. If you're defending, you have two fullbacks who are solid, hard grafters, intelligent, experienced pros, like football brains, as we see now. Like they're not even that quick anymore, yeah. but they just read the game so well. Oh, by the way, they do have like <laughs> rapid pace. And James Milner's delivery is solid. Like it's yeah. so good. Ashley Young speaks for himself, I couldn't not have him on the left. And James Milner, I think, if you're going to play a right winger in this team, I don't think you can have anyone else. Like I was debating, oh, do I have uh, Ashley Young left, Grealish right? But Grealish right is... Murs mm, really on, so right as well as on the right, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, I have uh, I have cheated. But and I think it, attacking process, it works great. Yeah. And then defensive, although I'm cheating.
1: Yeah, it works though. It, it, it is a bit of a... Of I, uh, I
2: hope people are looking at this and thinking, like, oh, wow, that's really good, John. <laughs> of so listening to this, we are they're they're just about. scrolling across to your next <laughs> pick. <laughs> Ashley
1: Young's a bit of a blessing in disguise that he can be played at, at left winger or left back and be kind of cheated into a side however you set it up. So it's almost like uh, Ashley Young is, a, is like a perfect pick for this kind of yes. game, let's call it. He can be when flexible. When necessary
2: a title, playing left wing back under Conte at 35. And, and yeah, the, it's weird isn't it, Both our wingers, the Bofar wingers from yesterday, or whatever, 36 playing full-back, you'd never expect, especially young, I think yeah. you could see it in Milner.
1: If you'd said to, I mean this shirt oh, I'm wearing today, 2007-08 or something like that, if you told Ashley Young then, in uh, what, no 15 years, you'll be back at Aston Villa playing full-back at 36-odd, you'll be club captain, back in the Premier League, it's not like you've gone to Aston Villa again because they've been relegated to League One, you'll be back at the top floor after winning the Serie A in, in Italy, Ida Polly said, you're talking sh- mate. What, what are you talking about? There's,
2: there's no, uh, like what? Yeah.
1: Like, like Matt is probably saying all the way through this. What
2: are these two talking about with these He's picks? clowns. But I like this. I know it looks weird, but I think I've stumbled on something quite, no. um.
1: I like the outside of the box thinking. I appreciate it. Let's talk about strikers then. We've got, a, we've got a varied selection here in Dion Dublin, Dwight York, Gabby Bonahor, Juan Pablo, Christian Menteke, and John Carew. Now we've got seven, some, six some pile of that. Six strikers here into what? Are we both playing two up front? Yeah. Two up front. So we've got two to pick from. Now, when we were going through these, again, based on Twitter, Benteke and York were the outright popular choices. And I think they're probably the two that we've gone with. Spoiler alert. When we were texting through different players and suggestions of you know, who should I print out as options, I suddenly said, oh, what that Gabby. Now, obviously, the back end of Gabby's career probably. Again, whatever you think, you'll be picking these players based on favourite players or best players or what you thought of them ind- as individuals or characters, so like something like Petrov, what he went through. You might think he deserves a place in there because of I, I like him as a person. What Gabby did at the back end of his career might go the other way and think, oh, I don't want him anywhere near a Premier League eleven because of the way he finished his career at Villa, yes. that kind of the off-the-field stuff. Talking Premier League era, that's the top goal scorer for us at yeah. with what, 60-odd, 70-odd? Which, I mean, the fact that that's not been beaten in itself is is sad in some respects, I think, cause we've had some good players. I think with Benteke to stay around another three or four years, he'd be up there with 80, 90 goals. So if you're talking best Premier League era ever, is Gabby not in there, just the fact that he scored it's the most mad- goals? It's
2: mad that we didn't, well, i say we didn't think a lot of people probably did, but we didn't consider it almost, which is bizarre.
1: Dion Dublin scored, what, 40-odd goals for us in the Premier League, which I kind of didn't realise he'd got that many, having not been around to watch him play. Karun and Juan Pablo. Juan Pablo scored some great goals for us. I know we were going to do like a best goals ever kind of video at some point, and he had a couple of contenders for that. Karu again, he's kind of my era. Like when Villa were getting good under O'Neill, Karu, Gabby, Ashley Young, that, that kind of trio. Can I put any of those into a best 11 if I'm playing two strikers? I don't think so. If we had to impose some kind of rule that we've, you and me specifically have got to have seen them play that rules out Dwight York, Dion Dublin and Juan Pablo just about properly at least anyway. And then I'll be picking from these three. I mean, those as three might be a, a, yeah, <laughs> a you, decent you, you option. Do but you'd probably be having Gabby and Benteke as, as players that played together as well. Premier League top goal scorer, uh, a prime Benteke. I know what happened afterwards is kind of irrelevant in what we're talking about here, but prime Benteke loved him. But Dwight York for what he
0: did and the goals he scored, I think that's the two that everyone will pick. I always say better to have loved than to have lost never to uh, have loved at all and Listen, he was probably vindicated in the end by the move that he made because he went on to, to to win lots of things with United very very quickly. I just love that. I love the whole backstory of how he was found, how we spotted him on a on a tour of the, the the Caribbean. And I mean, listen, he had to take his time to to get going with, with Aston Villa. But once he once he did get going, he was a special player. Um, I think I've said it before on podcasts that you'd pay your admission just to see him balance the ball on his head the length of the pitch before the game. So even if we did lose the game, which we wouldn't, because Dwight invariably the winner it'd be worth going to see him anyway number 10 your playmaker your center forward rolled into one he could score goals he could create goals he could do breathtaking bit of skill he was a joy joy to watch and you know i know people have gone off gone off him because of how he went to united and he went to blues and he applied for the village job 473 times and moaned because he hasn't got it but dwight york to me as the player in that era definitely deserves his place in this 11 because he was a special player
2: to get above these two, you've got to be something special. And I think if Villa, so, I don't want to say ever have a striker better than those two, because I hope we do, but in the next, I don't know, 10, 20 years, they're going to be one heck of a player. Like, seriously, really good. Uh, you know, So, yeah, that, I and don't it, think you can dispute those two.
1: Ollie Watkins, is, I think his next goal, I don't know when this comes out, if we've played another game, if he scored another goal, but he, he, as I'm recording, his next goal gets him into the top 10 list of all-time Premier League goal scorers with 35 or 36.
2: Yeah, he, he's still got a way to go to get... Gabby's record. I think Gabby said himself, it'll break it. And if he stays with Villa for another... If, I if, know, if Ollie Watkins is with all. us
1: till the end of his career and scores another 10 goals per season, Ollie yeah. Watkins will be Villa's all-time Premier League top goalscorer, which sounds strange yeah, to, to happen, but Villa have got, like we said in a previous video, if Villa are to push on at some point and get European football, they're going to have to have somebody that outs yeah, yeah, players yeah. on this
2: list. Yeah, because these are these are all, apart from Benteke, these are all you know, good areas for Villa. Um that probably speaks about how good Benteke was though for us and yeah. I think it's you know if Watkins gets the record then I don't want to sort of downplay that at all but and that's an amazing achievement but that would be over the course of what seven seasons maybe mm. potentially more I don't know um these two guys uh, would have broken the record in fewer time yeah I think yeah. so you kind of judge it on its own merit but yeah that was too strong I imagine having that as a as a partnership, goodness me. Do
1: you want to build out your eleven then one more time and for the audio <laughs> listeners who are probably thinking what the hell's going on? Name each player and etc.
2: I'll go from the top. So Martinez in goal, Olaf Melberg, right centre half. God, I'm looking for Martin Larson as my left centre half, who's left footed. Ashley Young's my left wing back, James Milner is my right wing back. Uh, so just to go for over that, so again defensively, they've both <laughs> proven that they can do it and going forward, obviously we know they can too. My midfield two, Ian Taylor, after a bit of persuasion, and Gareth Barry. Jack Grealish is the best footballer that I've watched live mm. for Aston Villa. Yeah. What a player. Just, I know there's, there's always going to be a, sen- a sense of, like we haven't actually spoken about it yet, but there's always going to be a sense of, like, uh, you know, um, or whatever feelings fans may have, but it's just, what a player. I, I'm more annoyed that we only got one season of Jack when we were half decent, really. Because obviously he was um, debut in 2015 under Sherwood, I think. That was the 14-15 season. We were pretty bad. Then we'd get ready to get the next year. Three seasons in the Championship. So we had one you know, season in the Championship. He was injured for a lot of part of that. Get promoted and obviously played well. But every single game that season was horribly tense. So you couldn't quite appreciate everything. Um, it's, almost,
1: next... it's almost crazy to think that we had what, five, six years of first-team football out of Jack Grealish. And it's not five or six years of now. and doing so, I'm pushing forward. And no, and I don't want
2: to you imagine Jack on that uh, that little position behind the two strikers and that left role? Just oh dear, um, yeah, <laughs> it's okay, mate. Just top player, and again, fans have the feelings about it, but hopefully over time that will start to heal. And uh, fans have every right to voice you know uh, disappointment and stuff about how it happened and whatever. But ultimately, just top top player, and yeah, I love him. Is my first proper hero, like the, the memories and everything that he gave, like that goal at Blues. I don't, I don't think there's going to be many goals or anything, you know, like that that will better that for me. Uh, I'll go as far to as spend my lifetime, like hopefully I can see us a European Cup, yeah. stuff like that, and win an FA Cup, of course. But if you in, in the top ten, I don't think anything could come out, like displace that, if you know what I mean, yeah. because the, you, you can't. Like boyhood fan, Grealish at Blues. Gets assaulted on the pitch and comes back. It was the the whole story. of it was just I know I I do say it a lot, but yeah, that's that goal just epitomised everything and that can never be taken away. You can't better that.
1: If you had to pick, I can only allow you one: Prime Ashley Young or Prime Jack Grealish. They play in the same position off the left or number ten or whatever it is. Probably off the left because it makes more sense. I know you could say, well, I'm picking Ashley Young because he can play left back or whatever. If you've got a left wing kind of creative slot further forward, Prime Young or Prime Grealish, who are you going for?
2: Uh, it's like literally so difficult, my favourite players. Um, I would I'd say Jack Just because I think it's more of a team, I don't to say team player because Ashley Young got like 20 assists in a season, but more of a team player in the sense that if you give him the ball, there's so much space out there for other players and we know how good he was at doing that. And He drives with the ball, you can play him in different positions as well if needed. So he's more sort of versatile, I think Ashley Young was uh, again, amazing player for different reasons, and again, quite unique. Not many players had that skill and end product, and yeah. still don't. You know, like Anthony from Man United, it's like ninety million, and he can do a couple of spins and stuff, yeah. um, but doesn't score. And you know, what would Ashley Young be worth these days? A young English? Well, he he's worth like twenty
1: million back when it the prices weren't that crazy. So I know,
2: like Sir Alex, Ferguson, Sir Alex Ferguson wants you. You're like how old was he? Like youngish for an English, an English player. Left winger, rapid, can play both sides, can go in and out, scores goals, gets assists. You can't really get any better than that. (laughs) It would surely be the same as Grealish.
1: I'll put mine together then. Let's wipe yours away. Whoosh, transition. So we didn't plan to, to, we didn't compare teams before or anything, so it's by pure coincidence, in fact, that we've got the 11 same players, but mine's in a different system. So I've got, obviously, Martinez in goal, Larson, left centre-back, partnered by (laughs) Paul McGrath. I've cheated a little bit by putting... Olaf Melberg at right back. But you know, like you said, it's a fluid system. They can push into a back three. Different era. And the the, uh, concept of cheating. I've got Ashley Young at left back, as we've just talked about. Prime Ashley Young known at Aston Villa as a winger. Should be further forward, but can do a job here. Midfield, Gareth Barry, captain in this side for me as well. Ian Taylor, also somebody that I didn't watch, but again, has to be in there. Aston Villa, legend. James Milner in there off the right hand side but again can push central played very well central midfield as well once yeah, he was pushed yeah, inside sure. almost elevated his game to another level Grealish on the left I mean Grealish and Young overlapping imagine that Ah, oh, oh, Grealish amazing. creates space prime Ash Young when he goes forward overlapping lovely stuff Dwight York in there again similar reasons to you've said um, leaving in the way he did absolutely hurt I'm, I'm still thinking of the overlap of <laughs> <laughs> Grealish
2: that is serious Grealish, man. Grealish creates that's space so, oh, could you imagine like genuinely
1: Oh, Benteke loved him. Absolutely loved him. I'm thinking about when I get my shirts back out of storage after I've moved, I'm thinking of getting one of them with Benteke on the back for the, the backdrop and stuff. Yes, yeah, unreal player. Loved him so much. Imagine again, prime Benteke in a good Aston Villa side, yeah. not having to rely on his goals to stay up. His goals pushing Villa up to win trophies and yeah, unbelievable. So, Hopefully that camera up there is still rolling because this has been a nice layout to do it like this. Good fun to be able to pick these sides out again. There'll be so much so much disagreement in the comments, so do let us know your sides, your 11s, what you thought of ours as well. Don't rip us apart too much. We've tried our best to be kind of...
2: You can if you want. I won't read the comments. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't say that because they won't comment. Then. Uh, we've tried to be inclusive, including players that we know have to be in there. McGrath, Taylor and York. The rest is probably very... 2006 onwards biased but that's the nature of us being the ages we are. It wouldn't
2: be a very fun podcast if we spoke about players that we couldn't really speak about. Get
1: involved in the comment section with your best elevens. We want to hear from you. Like I said, please please go easy on us if we've missed anyone glaringly obvious. Um, but yeah, I've enjoyed this kind of visual element of doing something a little bit different. We're going to do something like the best goals or the best assists or like these little things about Villa that we can kind of do in this format where we'll one that, have a debate and one stuff. One that we
2: want to do is like the um the moments that might have affected Villa's yes. like his well, yeah, slide endorsement doors, but butterfly yeah. effect moments I think that'll be interesting because that'll we'll just talk about stuff that you wouldn't talk about otherwise yeah, no one might remember but.
1: it'll be all hypothetical stuff like what if Ben Benteke never leaves the Liverpool or, he's probably the top goal scorer in the Premier League now yeah, for us
2: what if Rosh McCormack didn't couldn't get over (laughs) his (laughs) case yes
1: that's it for this episode John thank you very much for your involvement as always uh, we've had loads of content go out on Clarent Blue over the last few weeks or so and there's plenty more upcoming as well so get involved in comment sections leave a like on the video and subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, thank you very much for watching we'll see you again very very soon